it's Fahan. Assalamu alaikum. And you're listening to the Nisan Vest Tea Talk Podcast. Hope everybody's feeling good. Ready to start your Friday. Alhamdulillah, Juma today. And we're here to recreate in podcast form what happened earlier this year at my local mosque, Sister Circle, where a few of us got together and we were able to talk all things personal finance, whether it had to do with pensions, budgeting, halal investments, we covered all of it. And at the end of the session, I asked my sisters to leave me with what further questions that they had so that I could cover the same here with you in podcast form. So thanks so much for joining me and let's get started. So the question this week asks more detailed breakdown of pensions. So that means that we're, today we're going to be talking all things retirement planning. Now, I hope that by the end of, the, uh, of this episode, we get to the point where we feel that thinking about retirement is actually something that is better to do the, uh, earlier on in your career. While it's always, you know, better late than never, um, the way that retirement planning works today is uh, very much something that is squarely our, our responsibilities as employees. And the reason I say this is that these changes have happened in quite recent memory. You know, it's the way retirement plans have worked, have changed progressively over the last 50 years. And in doing so, what's happened is that before it used to be that your employer had more of the risk of ensuring that people receive their retirement uh, income. And now it's switched over to make aware it's now the employee's responsibility that while they're working, they think about putting money away into retirement. And so before I get into any further, um, I'm going to discuss two terms um, that are useful to bear in mind. So in the past, most pension plans used to be defined benefit plans, whilst now most plans are what's called defined contribution. And so the difference is uh, that in the past, how you, how much you'd receive in retirement used to be a factor of just three things. So first would be what your income was while you were working, so your basic pay. Uh, second, it would be how long you stayed at that company. And third, it would be a fraction. So that fraction is called an accrual rate. So the way that it would work is that based on how long you worked, how, uh, what your income was, and the percentage accrual rate that the company applies to their pension scheme. Instead, what we've gotten to now uh, is a defined contribution system where effectively the only number that matters is the percentage that you choose to um, contribute yourself into, uh, into your pension whilst you're working. Um, it's as simple as that. You know, I ask myself, so how is it that it could be that we could go from one to the other so quickly? But in reality is that these changes have happened very slowly, super gradually, um, 
defined benefit system started to become less generous. Uh, they started to be closed off to new members, etc., etc. And then um, it, the the owners started to become more on employees to 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 be the ones in control of how much uh, they saved for retirement. So in reality, if it really is just about one percentage uh, number that we have to make sure that we are saving um, throughout our working life, setting our retirement you know, income in motion at the start of our careers is something that is as simple and incredibly um, important and transformative thing that we would be doing uh, for our financial future. To the point that honestly, if you'd asked me while I was at school, Fahana, how is it that pensions work? I would have looked at you and said, I think that the way they work is that you work your whole life for a company and then they are responsible for paying you a generous percentage of your salary um, throughout the years in which you uh, retire. And then it turns out that when I started working uh, and I looked at how uh, pensions worked, um, it was entirely different. Like, it's the complete opposite. Instead, what happens is that you choose how much you want to put in uh, throughout your working life. And we'll get into it. There are a lot of uh, tax advantages in doing so. But effectively, it's something that you uh, decide. And then that income gets invested for you. Uh, and once you retire, you once you reach retirement age, you uh, you start to have access to that. And so knowing that the onus is on us, uh, the notes that I will uh, be discussing today are hopefully all about how is it that we can set our retirement in motion uh, in such a way that it ends up becoming an incredibly uh, transformative thing that we can do for our financial future. So the, the first point um, to address the question more about retirement savings, I feel like the first thing to think about is probably uh, let's answer the question why should you prioritize your pension out of all the things uh, that you could be doing with your finances why is it that prioritizing your pension is probably the best place to start Um, meaning why is it good for us to make sure that we don't put off uh, retirement planning into um, you know into the future whenever the future is. So there are three reasons I have here. So the first one is really about the time value of money, meaning what is it that happens uh, to money that gets invested over time? Uh, it gets it has the benefit of being able to compound. So that means that um, when you think about a pension or money that gets put, put aside for retirement, it gets put into investments uh, the same way that uh, I have in the past talked about opening uh, a stocks insurance ISO for yourself. Um, your the, the the money that gets put aside that you put aside for your pension gets invested over your working life. Now, what that means is that the longer it's in the market, the longer the your earnings are able to compound on themselves. So in order to make sure that we let you know, that happen, uh, we want to make sure that we use time to our best advantage. And 
these statistics are like really incredibly compelling. So I've got an example. Let's uh, let's do like a, a small scenario. And so let's say that you start saving at 25 and you keep uh, saving up until you retire at 65 compared to someone who starts at 35 and does the same. What ends up happening when they both reach 65 is the person who started investing 10 years earlier winds up with 50% more income at retirement than someone who started just 10 years later. So that can be the difference between twenty uh, starting at 25 or starting at 35, which, you know, if we really think about it, the difference between a 25-year-old and 35-year-old doesn't seem like it should warrant having one having 50% more income in retirement. But that's the reality of how compounding returns work and that's why and I like to say you know it's not really about the amount it's about uh, the time that you stay into them in the market especially like the um, you know there are obviously two variables uh, but what we often think is that when we're earlier in our careers we have to make sure that we take into account the fact that we have time on our side which is in of itself incredibly valuable so even though of course the amount that you save has an impact there's an important factor which is time that has an outsized impact in of itself and so yeah i feel like the first thing to think about when it comes to prioritizing your retirement is to be aware of the fact that you've got time on your side Uh, and the second bit is kind of just to think about how our lives evolve as we grow older. And, you know, I feel that budgets are not supposed to be the same for everybody, but I feel like budgets are kind of similar for people depending on the stage of life that you're in, really. So your budget yourself might not be the same throughout your entire lifetime. And it's true that typically between the ages of 40 and 60, those are what are called your peak spending years. You see yourself having to spend a lot more. And we can easily imagine why that would be the case. Uh, You start to uh, favor convenience a lot more and and you may be more willing to pay for it. You might have to send your children to university and that sort of thing. Uh, The bills just kind of get bigger. And so getting into the habit or choosing to start saving for retirement earlier, maybe when you only have yourself to think about or you're at the start of your career, setting that percentage and letting it run is something that perhaps you're best placed to do whilst you're in your 20s and and 30s. And the last thing related to this point is the idea that when it comes to financial planning in general, I like to think about it in terms of percentages rather than uh, whole amounts. Um, And so if you uh, think about yourself at the start of your career and you have, let's say, an entry-level position, starting to put aside a percentage towards your retirement and sticking to that percentage throughout your working life, it's not like that the amount that you're saving stays the same. You're allowing yourself 
and you're allowing your earnings to grow alongside your pension. Because as we work,、uh, we can expect to receive raises and raises and, and more raises. And with that, your pension also、uh, is able to grow with you. So that was all about why we should、uh, prioritize our pension. And so let's say that we're convinced. Yes, I'm committed to saving more while I'm young. The second point might be why should I invest in a pension instead of somewhere else? And there are many ways, you know, that you can save. Outside of your pension, for example, ISAs、uh, that that I referred to before. So then the question becomes: What makes pension so different? That's because no other financial product、uh, out there has the tax advantages that pensions、uh, do, and the government offers these because even though we've moved on from. A defined benefit to defined contribution scheme. It's important to make sure that we're all incentivized、uh, to act in a certain way today that will help us in the future. And because no other product has these incentives, let's actually go through what these are.、Um, so, by definition, saving for your pension is what's called a pre-tax contribution. So, firstly, the percentage that you save into your pension is always a percentage of what's your gross salary. So that's before tax, and as a result, that means that the money that you choose to contribute at that level doesn't then get subject to income tax. And so that's tax relief number one: the fact that saving into your pension counts, all those contributions count as tax-free. The second bit is that as your contributions into your pension grow.、Um, That growth and the income that you get from that, from your investments growing inside your pension, that growth is also tax-free.、Um, so you don't—it's not subject to capital gains tax or dividend to income tax. And the third bit of tax relief that you get is what's called what happens once you're at the point that you're ready to retire, and at that point you get what's called a, a PCLS, which stands for pre-commencement lump sum. Um, so that's a certain amount of money that you're able to take out on retirement that is、um, tax-free as well, and the whole reason for this is simply to avoid people getting older and having to find themselves in a precarious、uh, situation, or their families finding themselves in a precarious situation. And so I feel like it's kind of funny because even though we've moved on from. A defined benefit system, all the way to the defined contribution system, where it was like, okay, now the onus is no longer on the employer; it's squarely on individuals to save. Then the government started to get antsy, and they were like, no, no, we have to make sure that we incentivize individuals、um, to to put money aside for when they're older,、uh, because people are living longer. And what are we going to do if we have a, a growing population that? Just doesn't have enough、um, to survive on retirement. It's kind of like, of course, we have our families, etc., and that might not even really cross your mind. But it is something that you know a government might be worried about. And so, in 2012, there was a rollout of what's called auto enrollment. So that means that if you are an employer of at least、um, a certain amount of individuals,、uh, what the government says to you is that you have to. Um, automatically sign up 
uh, the people who work for you uh, into a company pension plan. Uh, and your employee may choose to opt out. So they may choose to opt out. Um, but what the but the the thinking behind that is that because there is a certain level of inertia that comes from people making decisions and doing things, the thinking behind that is that people will be less likely to choose to um, opt out of an uh, of a pension scheme than they would be to choose to opt in. And so and so that's where we are. We've gotten to the point where we recognize that there are all sorts of tax incentives to related to uh, choosing to invest in a pension yourself. However, it brings me to my last point, which is knowing exactly how much you should save into your pension, first of all. And second of all, how is it that we can make sure that the investments that we have through our pension are in fact invested in a halal way and so let's get into it so a nice rule of thumb is to want to have about 15% of your gross salary uh, going into retirement throughout uh, your working life now of course there are calculators out there that allow you to put in exactly how much you're earning the percentage that you're saving as a percentage of your salary into your pension and then it will uh, you know it will spit out the kind the yearly income that you can expect from your pension and then looking at that you can think will that be enough for me so that's one way of making that calculation but another way of doing it and this i promise you brings me to my favorite concept when it comes to personal finance and that is the idea of uh, um, employer matched uh, pension contribution programs and so if you're an employer what that means is uh, if you offer a match to employees what you're saying is that just because they choose to save more into into a pension you're willing to match that up until a certain percent and so uh, what the calculation ends up becoming is how do I make the most of the employer match that you're offering me so if the match program that you have is a a four percent match program up to 50 percent that means uh, that in order to make to receive the full four percent extra uh, from you, I would have to uh, put in eight percent myself, because you're saying that you're able to match fifty percent up to four percent. So putting in nine percent myself doesn't give me any more than that. So how the calculation end up becoming? is that you've got your auto-enrolled amount, the amount that you have to contribute into your pension regardless, uh, unless you actively choose to opt out. And then you've got the opportunity to make the most of a matching program. Uh, and so almost always it's the case that you should be contributing more than the amount that you are automatically signed up for. And I would recommend to make sure that you are at least uh, saving 15% of your gross uh, salary into a pension. Uh, but of course, if you've got a generous matching program available at your workplace, maximizing that, if even if that means saving a bit more, 
will always will almost always benefit you in the long run. And what does that mean? It means that of course, if you're contributing extra through your pension, maybe you invest less on the side. Remembering everything that I said before about all the tax advantages that you get by saving through a pension rather than outside of it. And so if I, uh, what that brings me to it is that how is it that we then make sure that the money that we do put into our pension is invested in a way that's halal. Now, I ran into an article uh, on Islamic finance guru that was super helpful in this regard because it gave like a step-by-step process of how to make sure that the pension that you're um that the fund that you're investing in through your employer pension is in fact uh, one that is a Sharia compliant fund. Now, because mo- most of the large uh, pension uh, providers do offer a Sharia compliant uh, funds. So it really, and this might sound like a tall order, but it really is as simple as trying to log on to your um, pension provider's account. So at, at at minimum, make sure that you're able to log in. And once you are able to log in, you'll be able to see the fund that it is that you are uh, signed up to. And it's a function of choosing to a different one that is Sharia compliant. And when you're asking these questions, you're really not even asking your employer, you're asking the pension fund uh, that your employer has hired to manage his employees' pensions. So these would be large investment managers like Fidelity or BlackRock, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, And so through them, you're able to effectively switch, if you need to, into a fund uh, that is uh, halal. And so why am I saying this is mainly to ensure that you're not deterred by saving through your employer pension program because uh, of the fact that the investment options may not be halal because you're able to um, inquire further uh, and find uh, a reliable option. And so the opposite, of course, might be that you say, I'm going to save outside of my pension. But hopefully from this episode, you've seen that not only are there strong tax incentives to want to invest through your pension, there might be also the added benefit of making the most of an employer match uh, that is also helpful. And generally, employer uh, pensions tend to be also more cost-effective way of investing uh, in terms of fees, etc. And so uh, really the exercise in the end uh, when it comes to investing for retirement is trying to picture uh, what our retirement might look like and there are all sorts of experiments uh, that people have done uh, on and I'm sure there have been many PhDs written about uh, retirement savings and how is it that people can be incentivized to care about their pension more uh, now that we're in the age of a defined uh, contribution schemes uh, and my favorite one was at this uh, experiment that was done where they put glasses on people like VR headsets uh, where what they saw was a reflection of them but in aged uh, so that they were all old etc and then they asked them about their pension <laughs> and suddenly they were 
they they were more uh, interested to to have a look and um, check what's happening there. so yeah, I think that would have worked on me, I would say. Uh, I think one thing that's definitely helped me uh, think about uh, my pension at the age that I am is the idea that in every season of life, you're going to have different responsibilities. Uh, and so it's nice to embrace uh, the ones that you have at the, at the stage that you are. And I feel that if you're in your 20s and your 30s, probably one of the most uh, transformative things that you can do uh, is think about how you can uh, make the most of um, putting money aside for the very long term and that the best place to start with that regard is um, is through your pension. And on top of that, uh, to... to um, be aware that you can do so in a religiously compliant way and that there are uh, halal options to do exactly that and still benefit from all of the uh, incentives that are built into uh, retirement planning that are effectively there uh, to encourage humans uh, to think more about their, their future. So that was all I had for this week. Thanks so much for joining me. I've been Fanny Rahm Hershey. You're listening to the Nising Das Tea Talk podcast. I hope to see you next Juma. Bye for now. Yeah.